stress. Stress is the word that I'm going to use to describe that Kings win. The Kings sneak out of Houston with a 130-128 win as they sweep the Rockets in the season series. And the Kings finally benefited from a last second call. And it was definitely the correct call very clearly. But I thought there was no way they were going to call that that foul on Eric Gordon as Fox attempted the three-point shot. But you can see Gordon clearly goes into his back, runs straight into him. But there was some some crazy plays in the end there. I mean, at one point, with like a minute left, I thought the game was over. It was a five-point game. The Rockets had the ball. And then Fox comes away with a steal, scores in transition. Then the Kings press... And Houston breaks that press. They have a two-on-one. KJ just goes up for the dunk. Keegan steps in, takes the charge. And I, oh, and let me back up. Before that, Jalen Green hit a crazy three-point shot that they called a, a foul on Harrison Barnes for the and one. Mike Brown challenges that because he clearly kicked out. Then the refs come back and they say, oh, it's successful. He kicked out. They said that. They said that Jalen Green kicked out and initiated the contact. But the basket still counts somehow. So they said he did something illegal, but the basket still counts? I... No idea how that happened. But at least he didn't get the free throw then, and we kept our timeout, which was huge, because we, we ended up needing it. Then, yeah, Keegan with the big play, taking the charge... Rockets challenge that one, unsuccessful. I mean, great job from Keegan there, making winning plays. Fox making winning plays in the end as well with that steal. And then the charge from Keegan, just knowing that KJ loves to go up and dunk it and in, out of control, which he always is. And so steps in, takes the charge. And then Fox comes down, hits a little floater, I think it was. Then Jalen Green misses, Kings get the rebound, and then it's chaos. It's Monk missing a layup, then it's Sabonis getting the rebound and missing a little hook, and then Keegan getting the offensive rebound, and then, or he missed, Keegan missed a tip, then got the offensive rebound. I thought he totally got hit across the arm, but they called the jump ball, and then Keegan wins that jump ball towards his side, but Eric Gordon's in front of it, but Fox makes an amazing play to get around the side of him and hit the ball off of Gordon, but the refs called it Rockets ball incorrectly, and they don't review out-of-bounds calls anymore, which is really dumb because they review everything else. So the game is no faster, but the one in really important thing they don't review, it makes no sense. So... Two, I've described two bad calls against the Kings late that were crucial. But uh, the refs, they, they got away with it because then uh, the Kings foul. But uh, that was their first foul in the last two minutes, not in the bonus. So then Houston's inbounding again. Malik Monk gets the steal. And he got the steal and he dribbled it pretty quickly. But Mike Brown was ready with a timeout, so he called the timeout just before he dribbled it, which was key to advance the ball. I was worried about that because I can't tell when, you know, Mike Brown called that timeout. And 
for some reason our broadcast crew isn't in Houston, so they can't know either. So it, that was very stressful. But we do advance the ball, and then we get it to Fox, very open from three dribbles to the side. Puts up the three, Gordon runs into his back, foul, and Fox makes the first two free throws, tries to miss the second, accidentally makes it, and then K.J. Martin misses the full court heave. That was It was just a crazy, crazy ending to a terrible game from the Kings, but we came away with the W. Fox was pretty good in the fourth, although there was a little stretch where the offense went really cold. And it was a stretch where all I was thinking was the Kings throughout the whole game were playing like they were just going to turn it on at the end and win the game, right? And they've done that before. And I was like, at some point, it's going to come back to bite us. And it looked like it was in this game because the offense was not going. Fox wasn't making his usual mid-rangers. And I was thinking, why not go to Sabonis here? Because Sabonis was scoring every time on Shengun, and Shengun had five fouls. But Darren, you know, kept calling his own number. And it's hard to fault him too much for that. Although I would like to see, mainly when it's not the last two minutes, when it's like three minutes to go to like, you know, the six minute mark. That's still a lot of time where it doesn't need to be Fox shooting every single time. So I would have liked to see them go to Sabonis a little more in that stretch. But yeah, they, the Kings offense went stale there. They were getting stops, but there was a few shots from Jalen Green that were huge in this game. Circus shots. He was on fire. He ended the game with 37 points. The Kings just weren't putting the Rockets away. And Sabonis was in foul trouble, and some of them were really bad foul calls, especially, I think it was either the third or the fourth, I forget which one. But he, Sabonis was good when he was playing. You know, he had 22 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, and only one turnover, which is really good. But foul trouble had it, so he only played 32 minutes, which was obviously a problem because the Kings could not rebound with him off the floor it was really tough with Metu in there at the center and Lyles. They were getting out-rebounded. I mean, they were getting out-rebounded anyways. Uh, there was a stat that I noticed. When the Kings had nine rebounds in the game early on, the Rockets had nine offensive rebounds at that point and 18 total rebounds. The Kings were just getting killed on the glass. The Rockets were not shooting a good percentage inside but they were just getting the offensive rebounds off their misses. It was such a stressful game throughout because it was just another one of those games where the Kings played no defense in the first half, but also didn't really turn it on in the second half. They turned the offense on a little bit, but they did not turn on the defense. Neither team was playing any defense, which meant... There was so many drives to the rim, so many free throws in this game. So many free throws. And also, oddly enough, there was a lot of three in the key calls. I guess both teams were just like, the other team's getting in the paint, so I better be here to 
to stop them. So there was a lot of three in the key calls on both teams. The Kings got like the first three and then they finally started calling them on the Rockets as well. Cause I feel like the Rockets were, were doing it as well throughout. And then the refs, I feel like realized, Oh, we're kind of only calling it on one team. And then they called a few in quick succession on the, on the Rockets. It was just a really, really ugly game. Sabonis also picked up a technical uh, for just slapping his arm, I think, trying to say he got hit on the arm. That's what it looked like it was, uh, which is weird that he got a technical for that just because I feel like Fox does that every time he feels like he got fouled. But Sabonis has gets the quickest whistle in the NBA. We all know this. The bench, I thought, stepped up uh, when Sabonis went out with foul trouble because Fox had his, uh, you know, the same rest that he normally does in that third quarter, but Sabonis wasn't able to be out there with that bench unit. And so it was Davion, it was Terrence Davis, Malik Monk, Chemezi Metu, and Trey Lyles, the full bench unit out there. And I thought Davion Mitchell came out and was really aggressive, both at the very start of this game and in that third quarter. And I loved seeing that from him. He was also passing extremely well. So a, a really good offensive game from Davion, as well as his normal defensive, you know, things that he does. And that bench unit actually did pick up the defense a bit. And it was with doubling Jalen Green, Chemezi Metu was coming out and doubling him whenever they would set a screen. And it caused a few turnovers. Terrence Davis was active in that department as well. And it led to a few transition opportunities for the Kings after steals. I thought Terrence Davis was good offensively in this game as well. That's like three three straight games for Terrence Davis where I thought he's played really well. And that may be his longest streak of the season. So hopefully he can keep that going. And then Malik Monk is another guy who has strung together a lot of really good games in a row here. He had 17 points, two steals, three assists, was doing a little bit of everything. And... We needed that with Sabonis in foul trouble. He's finally starting to find his three-point shot, which is extremely, extremely important. Metu had an up-and-down game, I would say. He was he had a few dunks, you know, and, and a few little push shots inside, or at least one. But there was also a few bad decisions, getting out-rebounded, it's hard with him because he's not he's not a center. He really just isn't a center, but he's doesn't he also doesn't really have the skill set of a forward either. So I don't know. It, he's a he's a center that just lacks size. And he doesn't really make up for that by being a good rebounder like Trey Lyles does, right? Trey Lyles I think is a really good rebounder through his feel for it and and effort. And Mezzi doesn't totally do that. I think the Kings really need to get a backup center here. I think that should be priority number one in the next 24 hours or less, less than 24 hours until the trade deadline. With Malik Monk playing well offensively, it's meant that Kevin Herter has not played as many minutes and Kevin Herter was still off in this game, one for six from three. He doesn't look terrible out there, and he's actually looked active defensively, but it's just not falling for him right now. 
but you know, I don't think it's anything to worry about with him. He'll just pick it up at some point, and that's why we have Malik Monk to kind of fill in when he's when Kevin Herter's missing. Harrison Barnes was also very big in this game, along with a lot of the guys on that bench, because there was a few times where things were getting a little out of hand, and then he would take it upon himself. And in that third quarter, I think, and the second and the third, he had a few moments where he would take it to the rim himself and score. And he had 16 in this game after a rough outing in the last one for him. And I think he's been struggling in the last few. But uh, just kind of doing what we needed him to do in terms of being that vet that knows when to take it on himself, right? He doesn't take it upon himself to score a lot, but when he does, he's usually successful at it. And then Keegan Murray, I thought Keegan was good rebounding in this game, and he had a couple offensive rebounds at the end there, but uh, wasn't able to put it back in. But he did win that jump ball, and we didn't actually get the ball after it, but it was a good effort from him, and he knocked down a few shots and was overall solid in this game. But the one thing, the biggest thing that I noticed from him in this game was defensively being able to stay in front of Jalen Green whenever he got switched onto him. I thought Keegan did a great job guarding Jalen Green, and he never really got blown by, which is something that we normally see from him. He normally gets blown by by those guards. This looked like it was going to be an extremely frustrating loss. And obviously, us winning the game doesn't totally take away from all the negatives. But at the end of the day, you just want the win. And even though it is just the Houston Rockets, it is impressive to sweep any team, I think, in the NBA. Especially when you're doing it on a back-to-back or not not a back-to-back, but doing playing them in back-to-back games. Even if it's the Houston Rockets, it's hard to beat a team like that. And it's the last game of the road trip, which can be tough sometimes. So those are all excuses. But they're excuses, but it would have been a really bad loss if they would have lost this game. There were just so many defensive breakdowns. It just seemed like they were not prepared. They didn't come prepared to play. They didn't come prepared to play hard. And uh, yeah, the defense was just so bad. It was hard to watch. And the only time where the defense, I feel like maybe there were two times where the defense actually picked up in this game. And that was a stretch in the third quarter. And then at the very end of the game in the fourth quarter. And that stretch in the third quarter, they were doubling Jalen Green. And that's something I've noticed with the Kings is they're almost better off doubling off of screens, like every screen, because they they can't guard against really any screen. Somehow, if they just double every single player, doesn't matter who it is, it usually is a better result in the end than if they don't double or if they switch or if they try to, you know, fight over it. I find them doubling and then, or even just like, Doubling for a second and then scrambling back to try to find their man usually is better than whatever they're doing normally. Because whatever they're doing normally just is not working. 
So that's why it's almost better when one guy's going off for a team because then the Kings can just focus in on that one guy. And Jalen Green does not pass. I, we sent a double team at him at one point, and he just decided to chuck a long three instead of passing to a wide-open teammate. And then there was a few other times where he got doubled. There, there was a guy wide open in the paint, could have just dunked it. Nope, step back three. And to his credit, he made that one. And he made a lot of tough shots in this game. But yeah, you can. it's very easy to see why he is so bad when his shot isn't falling. Like he, he's such an up and down player. If his shot is falling, it's, he's a great scorer, but he's such a terrible player when his shot isn't falling. I feel like this game was very much the end to this section of the season because it was the end of our seven game road trip and it was playing against bad teams. There we, we've played a pretty easy schedule in the last, you know, month really. And there are not many easy games the rest of the season because it's all against Western Conference teams that we are in a battle with for in the standings. It's Dallas, Phoenix, Pelicans, the Clippers, OKC, right? All these teams, Utah, most of them are Western Conference teams that we are battling with because most of the, we are battling with most of the Western Conference because almost everyone's still in play. In the West. I guess you could say maybe there's one more section of the season that's the next three games before the All-Star break and then after the All-Star break is really the the final stretch but yeah it, it, we're, we're definitely closing in on the final stretch here and the next two games are against Dallas who have Kyrie Irving. He's currently as I'm recording this playing his first game for Dallas. Luka is out in this game that they're playing as I'm recording this, but he is said to be back on Friday. And then they also play the Mavericks in a back-to-back -back on Saturday. The, the first game after a long road trip, the first game at home is for any team almost always a loss. So I don't really expect great things for that game on Friday, but the Kings are usually good when they have less rest so maybe on the back-to-back, -back, on that Saturday game, they can get the win. Dallas might actually be a good team for the Kings to defend because it's all about Luka and now Kyrie, right? Just a lot of iso ball. And if they want to take step-back threes, that's honestly good for us because it means they're not taking wide-open layups like they would be if they were driving to the paint. And if we just key, on, key in on those two guys and make everyone else beat us, then, I mean, that's obviously the way to play because the Kings can't stop people from getting to the paint if they try to defend the whole team. Anyways, that is it for this episode of The Roll Report. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore the Royal Report. And I will see you guys next time to recap the game against Dallas. Peace.